Hello, welcome to New Community Elkins podcast. I am Bobby Benavides, lead pastor of New Community Elkins, and I'm excited to have you here with us. I hope you enjoyed the message. May it move you to a deeper relationship with Jesus and encourage you in growing with him. Well, again, good morning. Um, again, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you uh, today as we get started in this new series. This new series, Rethinking Religion. Uh, rethinking religion. What is it? What does it really mean, right, to be living in a religious way? What does it mean for us to be truly living in a right religion? Are we doing our religion correctly? Should we even be doing religion at all? I, I don't think that's a whole other question that I I don't even know how I really want to get into today. <laughs> But the question that we're, we're going to be diving into, though, is, is what does this really look like for us, right? Because I think that religion itself has become very convoluted. It's, it's kind of become a, a way for people to just be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very religious. Or that person is very religious. I've heard that before. Like, oh, my gosh, that person is so religious. And, and I was always wondering, well, what do you mean by that, Right. Like when somebody passes away or when somebody, you know, is, is doing something like, oh man, that person, man, that person is so religious. And I started to wonder, what, what defines that? And I think that for many of us, the way that we've defined it has been, um, you know, so are you, do you go to a church? Do you go to church regularly on, on Sunday morning? Do you attend a worship service on Sunday morning? Do you read your Bible daily? Do you pray daily? And that is what people have kind of come to recognize as being religious. You're, you're very religious about things when you are ordered and you have a very strict schedule and you're very, this is how things are done. So you have a religious way of doing things. But I'm wondering, and this is what our new series is about, is wrestling through whether or not we're doing this correctly. Have we made it more difficult than what it really needs to be? Have we made our religion more about our activities than our actions? Meaning, are we, are we basing our religion off of how often we are a part of a worship service? Are we basing, is that our religion? Is our religion based on what kind of shirts we wear, what kind of music we listen to, what kind of jokes we tell, what kind of words, you know, what kind of uh, conversations we're having, uh, how we're praying. Are we praying in a way that, you know, makes sure everybody knows that we're religious because we pray in a very specific way where it's very rhythmic and R&B-ish, you know, where we got to make sure that we sound like a boys to men song when we're praying to our Lord Jesus. You see, this is where religion kind of I don't know. Because a little overwhelming. Because a little bit hard to be a part of. Christianity was never necessarily meant to be a religion, necessarily. It's supposed to be a movement. It's supposed to be a way of living. It's supposed to be an identity. But what we've made Christianity to be is a list of rules and regulations. A list of what you need to be doing in order to truly fit into the role of a Christian. You must do A, B, C, and D. I've heard people say, uh, you must not smoke, you must not chew, you must not hang with people who do, right? Um, and that's, <laughs> that's a 
catchy rhyme, but I'm not quite sure if that's necessarily what Jesus would have told us to do. When we see examples of him sitting at, at meals with sinners, quote-unquote, and, and having him sit with people who were not recognized as, as good people, and, and healing people who were not touchable, and loving people who were not lovable, and challenging the world around him. And we got to remember that when we think of Christianity, when we think of the idea of Christianity, Christ is the center. Christ is the one who leads that. But we have allowed ourselves to move into a very man-centered, man-focused, man-taught idea of what it means to be a Jesus follower. And so we're going to be looking at a section of Scripture today, a section of Scripture that, that I think many are familiar with, some are not. Seth brought it up a little bit in James, so we're going to be looking at the book of James, written by the half-brother of Jesus Christ, right, because Jesus was virgin-born to Mary, so she hadn't had any kids yet, so he was born first, and more kids came down the line, and, and so he had some brothers, and he had some sisters, and so James was the half-brother of Jesus Christ. James was a person who did not believe Jesus' words in the very beginning. In fact, he was one of the brothers who would have stood there saying, he's, he's a little bit weird. He's a little bit insane. He doesn't necessarily fit in with us. Like we, you know, it was kind of those questionable, like, why are you talking like this? But then, as time went on, James came to realize who Jesus was, and he became a follower of Jesus and the, the way of Jesus, and started listening to his words and, and practicing his words. And, and so he writes this letter to the Jewish Christians who had kind of been spread out. Because at the time, there was mass persecution. They were being, they were being killed, and they were being um, pushed out of their towns, and they were kind of being set into different areas. And so he writes this letter challenging them to think about what it looks like to truly be following Jesus in a time of chaos. And so this is a section that I spoke on in the last series, but I'm starting off this series with this one because I want to continue this conversation. So I'm giving you some time to go ahead and get there. We're going to pray, and then we're going to go into the Word. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you, God, for who you are. And Lord, we just ask for you to speak clearly to us. May our eyes be open to what is shown in this word. May our ears be open to what you're speaking. May our heart be open to be transformed. May our mind be open to gain wisdom. Lord, lead us this morning through your spirit. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we're looking at James 1, beginning to verse 19. <clears throat> it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. 
But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So James, writing these words, challenging the people, the readers of this letter, to think through what it looks like to truly be practicing right religion. Because for them, religion was always defined by going to the temple. By doing the, the, the necessary duty in the temple to go ahead and get themselves cleansed, and then to get uh, respected by the, by the priests, and, and to be looked at as being okay with everybody, and, and you're right standing, and, and so now you've gone through that process, and so your religion has been based on your, act, your activity in the temple, and outside of that, that's, it's not that big of a deal. But what James is saying here is like, now, no. Your religion is not based on your activity in the temple, but by what's embedded in your heart. Your religion is based on what you're actually doing in the name of Jesus, the word that's been taught to you, the word that's been spoken to you, the word that should be embedded in you. That should be guiding you into your right way of doing religion. That is what religion is really meant to be. Religion is going to be something that we do for the glory of our Creator. It is something that moves us into a right action to honor His name, to honor His purpose in this world. We are actually going to be listening to the Word in order to change the world. We do not allow the world to change the Word. The Word changes the world. And that is what we're supposed to be living in and being to glorify Jesus. So when he's saying these words to them, he's like, look, listen. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Because when you are actually hearing what is being said and hearing what is being taught, and you're not trying to go ahead and speak over anybody, you're not trying to get yourself to make sure that, okay, well, well this is what I think. Okay? He's like, no, 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 hear the word. Well, no, but this is what I think that this is. No, no, no. Hear it. Hear what is being said. Because when you hear what is being said, you won't want to speak. You're going to want to jump into what is being said. You're going to actually say, okay, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm going to allow God to speak into me and allow God to teach me and allow God to show me how I should be living in the right way, in the right Christian way that is going to honor the name Christianity. I'm not going to defile that name because I'm going to base it on my own understanding or base it on my own thoughts or base it on my own comfort level. And I'm not going to go ahead and maneuver and just only use certain scripture to go ahead and make myself feel better. No, I'm going to read it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to let it get into me. And I'm going to let it transform me so that I can move into the world and transform the world around me. That is what should be happening when we're practicing a good, right religion in our relationship with Jesus. And as we are slower to speak and as we hear the word, anger, anger will be tampered down. Anger won't be a part of who we are. 
speaking hateful words toward people who are different. Yes, I know, this, this sounds repetitive, but you know what, people, I'm kind of tired of seeing the same thing from Christians who say that they love Jesus, but then they speak a bunch of hate on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, parlor, and they want to go into these places to go ahead and speak a bunch of hate and spread a bunch of hate about, about around people. Why? Well, because, you know, they're, they're different than me, or they think different than me, so I must be able to speak hateful words about them and forgetting that they're made in the image of God. So there you go. This is where I stand. When I read scripture, when I, when I hear what is being spoken, when I read it and I let it go into me, I see myself saying, I'm going to stop being, being so angry. I'm not going to allow that stuff to embed into me because when I allow that stuff to embed into me, my my political views are being you know being shifted or or somebody's in office that I don't agree with or somebody said something. It's like you know yeah it fires me up maybe on the inside but you know what I'm going to go ahead and refrain from being a part of that spreading more anger because that's from man, that's not from God. So my religion would move me, right religion would move me to hearing the word and saying, I'm going to be slower to speak and quicker to hear what the Spirit has to teach me and show me. So I'm going to be slower to anger because if I'm hearing more than I am speaking, there you go. I'm going to be hearing more about what God has actually showed me to do and live by it. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Meekness, humility. Realizing that we need a Savior. That we need transformation. That we need a healthy relationship with God. That we need to be moved to something different. That we actually do need to ask for forgiveness. That we do need to ask for His for his movement in us, for his transformation to come, that we actually do need to seek his righteousness and not our own, that he is the one who will change us and move us to something greater. And it's for his glory that we live, and it's his glory that will shine through us. And the right religion that we live is not about just sitting in a room and listening to a preacher and then going home, because what we see here is that if you are going to be listening to the word, then okay, great. If all you're doing is listening to it, whatever. But if you're not doing anything with it, you're missing the point. But what, is, what religion has become is I'm showing up on a Sunday morning for one hour and it better not go over that hour because, you know, lunchtime and, and you know, football or, you know, something else that I have to go watch. And, and I got to get home because if I don't do that, then, and this preacher, well, he's going way too long because, you know, what, that's way too much Bible. I don't want to be hearing too much Bible today. I don't want to be hearing too much scripture today. I don't want to be praying so much. I don't want to be singing too much. I just want to make sure that my time my one hour that I give on Sunday morning, that is it. And that is my Christianity. And that is my religion. And that is us just going like the person looking in the mirror, seeing how good we look. Because, you know, on Sunday morning, we look Sunday good, right? Sunday morning, we look Sunday good. We make sure our clothes look nice. Our hair is nice. I wish I had some hair to make it look nice. But I got to make sure my beard looks good. I got to brush it. These masks are really, really taking its toll on my beard, but I'm not going to go too much into that. But, but the reality of it is, though, is that we have our Sunday good. The worship is good. We've got to have our hands up because we've got to make sure people see us in our holiness. I've got 
to say an amen because, you know, if I say an amen, then at least people know I'm listening and people know that I'm, I'm involved and, I, and I'm engaged. But once the church service is over, you better believe I'm out of there. And you better believe I'm right home. And you better believe I'm going to get mad at the, at the waitress or the server who's going to be giving me food because when we were able to go to restaurants and stuff, that we would get mad at the server because, you know, this is taking way too long. We can come listen to the word. We can hear it. That's awesome. But if we are not doing what it says, then it's pointless. It is worthless, James says. It is worthless. True religion moves us to action to glorify God. True religion moves us to action that will honor his name. True religion will move us to a place where people will say, that is Christianity. That is the Christianity that I've heard about, but I haven't seen it demonstrated by many people who claim Christianity. But that is Christianity that, that I believe is correct, because that is what was told to me, that Jesus was a, a Jesus of love, that Jesus was a Jesus of compassion, and that he's supposed to be a savior of the world and have good news. And what I've seen from a lot of Christians is not a whole lot of good news. In fact, it's a whole lot of damage and a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of anger and a whole lot of wrath and a whole lot of judgment that we have no place giving because that belongs to God and we shouldn't even think about stealing from God. But I heard somebody share recently that when we try to you know, enact vengeance our own or we want to go ahead and give judgment on our own, that's God. And when we try to do it, we're stealing from God. We're stealing from our Creator, the King. We are stealing his role because we think that we have that power and we have no place in doing that. But when we start living our lives the way that we see demonstrated through the word and it's penetrating us and transforming us for his glory and his glory alone, all of a sudden we now see ourselves in the mirror and people can look at that image in the mirror and when we step away from the mirror they'll say, that's the exact same image. That's exactly what we just saw. We saw somebody who looks Sunday good and we look, they look Monday through Saturday they could. They look just like they look just like they did on Sunday morning. They were loving. They were kind. They were compassionate. They were honoring to God. Everything they spoke about was honoring to God. Everything they did, and when they messed up, they they, they said sorry. They repented. They sought forgiveness. They were not afraid to ask for forgiveness. They were humble enough to listen to the word. They were humble enough to listen to the hurt. They were humble enough to give compassion where compassion was needed. They were humble enough to be empathetic when it was needed to be empathy was given. Because at the end of this, when he says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. You see, the reality of it is, in this, in this day and age, in this, in this time, when James was writing this, widows were pushed out. If they didn't have a, a son to take care of them, and their, their husband had passed, they would either be forced out onto the street, begging for some money. They'd be looking for help from somebody else. And if that other person couldn't give them help, then they were left alone. They were left by themselves. Orphans were left on the street. Orphans were not cared for. Orphans were just out there, and, and they were hopefully going to be getting a little bit of scraps here and there. And so what James is saying, true religion is going to push you outside of what you think is okay. What you think has been okay, it's justified, it's alright, this is, this is a part of who we are, this is our society. So we're going to go ahead and fill this in a little bit more, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm going to take some, I'm, I believe that this is what Jesus would say to you. But religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, 
to care for those who have been oppressed, to care for the homeless. In fact, I think Jesus even said those words. Hmm, interesting. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, give to the poor, visit the prisoner. And when you do it under the least of these, you do it under me. It's a religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To stand up and speak up against racism. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. Sit with the woman who had to go through an abortion. Learn her story. Love her in the midst of the pain. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To sit with the LGBTQ community. To hear their story. To love them. To find value in them. To point them to their Savior. You see, this, this my friends, I think that, that this is where religion has gone wrong. is that we've allowed ourselves to create an idea of what we're supposed to be as religious people. And we forgot that Jesus was the center. We didn't allow the Spirit to teach us. We allowed man. We heard words from man saying that all this is, is going to hellfire and brimstone. And, and look, I'm not going to preach that hell doesn't exist. Hell, hell's, hell's a real place. It's gonna be a, there's going to be a separation. Okay, But I have no place in saying who's going to be there and who's not. So you won't ever hear me defining who's going to be there except for what I read in Scripture. You're never going to hear me telling people, well, this is your individual sin. You're going to hear me say sin is real. We have a separation. It's our human nature to be separated from God because that's what happened. But we have a God who sent Jesus to bring us back to him, to reconcile our relationship with him. So I'm not going to preach a separation. I'm going to preach a reconciliation That because that's the ministry we're supposed to carry. You see, this is where religion comes into play that is right and pure and undefiled. Because we listen to the words of Jesus and we put them into action. And everything he said to us is be humble, be compassionate, be true, be just, be the salt, be a light that people are drawn to. And James says, do not speak anger, do not speak wrath, do not speak hatred. Be slow to anger, quicker to listen and hear. Slow to speak. Because we want to make sure that we're doing what the Word says. And if we're so caught up in trying to be right, instead of seeking righteousness, we're missing the point. When we are trying our hardest to look good, instead of pointing people to the good, we're missing the point. Something that was taught to me several years ago is that the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, isn't good news to those who are most hurting. It isn't really good news at all. I'll say it one more time. But is the, if the good news isn't good news to those who are most hurting, then is it really good news at all? 
And I believe religion that is done incorrectly does not provide good news to those who are most hurting. It is done incorrectly. It does not provide good news to those who are most hurting. When it is done correctly, those who are most hurting are drawn to that good news and find hope in that good news and find comfort in that good news. And we need to be practicing what we hear. Do something with what you hear. Love your neighbor. Make something. Take it to them. Show them that you care. Find someone who you know you've hurt and apologize to them. If you know that you've pushed somebody out of your life because of a different perspective, listen to them and try to bring them back into your relationship. And that's your role. You can't control how they act, right? You can't control what they do. You can only control how you react to them. And so for you, you have to do your part. You have to forgive and you have to seek and you have to do your part to do the honoring thing what the, what the word tells us to do. But these are the steps. If you know that you haven't been practicing healthy racial reconciliation, then you know what? You need to step into that. Start learning some things. Humble yourself to realize that you don't know it all. Don't base your stuff off of memes and small captions under an article. Actually learn the story and try to engage in conversation and be a part of the growth. Remember, we are supposed to be a light to this world. We are supposed to be something that is good news to the world that people want to hear or at least will listen to But the religion that's been practiced, I think, has really caused more damage than good. We need to get back to the religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father. Unstained from the world. Unstained from the world. Let's pray. Father, we seek you. We glorify your name in this place. We honor you in this place. Lord, we come before you confessing our brokenness. Confessing our faults, our flaws, the times that we have chosen to follow our own idea of religion and not listening to the word and doing, and doing the right doing what is right in the eyes of our Creator. Lord, forgive us, your people, who you gave life to, who you've, you've reconciled with, you've, you've reunited with your Son, Jesus. And God, we just ask for your grace and mercy to be upon us. Father, may we step into true, undefiled religion, caring for those who've been oppressed and broken, who've been pushed aside by society, loving those who are in need. Father, for those who are hearing this message for the first time or hearing something, really actually hearing this, and they want to step into a right relationship with you, and they want to be practicing the right 
religion. God, I just pray, Father, for their hearts right now. I pray, Father, for their minds right now. I pray, Lord, that you can embrace them and that they can see and know you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior. And that they can walk into your teachings well. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the hope and love that's been found through your Son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening to New Community Elkins podcast. Again, I'm Bobby Benavides, the lead pastor here, and I'm glad you came to listen. May it encourage you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. May you move with him daily.